I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host jessica dwyer and this week fangirl radio has worms we are infested with graboids and this whole episode is pretty much dedicated to the newest release in the trimmers franchise trimmers 5 bloodlines. Yep, the Graboids are back, and so is Michael Gross, and coming along this time is Jamie Kennedy, and uh, it's a great, great movie, and it's kind of insane to realize that it has been 25 years since Tremors originally came out, 1990, and I am very, very old. Um, but man, I have to say, Michael Gross does not look a bit different. Guy looks amazing, and you're going to be blown away by just how fit he is. As Jamie Kennedy says in this um, in this episode, he's a very fit man, and um, it's pretty awesome. It's a first time in the franchise's history they actually filmed out of the country. They, the movie and uh, the filming actually take place in South Africa. And it's a great flick, and it's going to hit uh, shelves in October. Um, actually, as I'm recording this, it's still September. But the movie will be released October 6th. You can get it on Blu-ray and DVD, and I believe it'll be on VOD as well. But um, yes, tonight, uh, a whole episode is dedicated to this movie. We have two great interviews for you. The first will be with Michael Gross, the star of the movie. And secondly, uh, we will have Jamie Kennedy, also the star. And uh, before we get to that, though, just some quick Weekend Geek um, as I'm flying solo. And I mean, we really do. The whole show is packed with, with worms. There's like about 50 minutes of interviews. Um, just really quickly, though. Uh, have to go over some TV news, and that is uh, if you follow our YouTube uh, video page, which you should, um, I have been posting reviews and things up there um, for the last couple of weeks, and this week we posted my winner and loser of the week for TV, and it was a battle between Once Upon a Time, which premiered, and Gotham, which is in its second episode, and Gotham won that um, hands down. Once Upon a Time, um, you will, um, if you watch the video, will know that I am not a fan of how they're doing yet again another uh, we lost her memory episode. 
So yeah, no. Um, also, uh, Doctor Who has been uh, great so far. We have a second episode of sort of a two-parter, which is with the Witches Familiar episode, and I wrote up a review for that as well, which you can see on FangirlMag.com. Um, great episode, and I think I may have figured out, possibly, you can never tell with Stephen Moffat, uh, that, uh, there's some hints to what will happen. As we already know, Clara is leaving this season. Finally. Um, Clara is leaving this season. And so that episode, I think, is going to be setting some of that up. Um, also we found out something interesting that no one really knew, which is the fact that Missy, or the master, has a daughter, which is interesting. No one really seemed to know that um, ever. So that was offhandedly noted too. I love how Stephen Moffat will sneak little things like that into episodes. So I am very excited because we get another episode this weekend of Doctor Who. So far I am loving this season. I am loving Capaldi as I always have. And uh, Sonic Ray-Bans. Leave it to Peter Capaldi. Um, with that, uh, this week uh, we will see the return of Red Reddington in Blacklist Season 3, which we know uh, last season um, we were left with a bit of a cliffhanger. Not really a bit of a cliffhanger. They just jumped off the cliff completely with, with Liz shooting one of the high, high ups in government. And uh, now she is on the run with Red, who is um, quite the expert at being on the run. Um, no, I have not yet seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I am behind because there is a ton of new stuff on. Um, that includes Heroes Reborn, which is getting mixed reviews. I started watching it and I couldn't really stay with it. It did not just felt kind of weird. I'm going to give it another shot. Um, the Muppets was horrible. I'm sorry. I know there's some people out there that thought it was edgy and yay, it's not going to be the same Muppets, but there wasn't even anything funny in the Muppets. Um, so yeah, I, I just know. I don't think I'm going to go back to the Muppets. And it sounds like um, the second episode, I believe, aired tonight. And um, it sounds like it's more of the same. So I don't think I'm going to be turning back into the Muppets anytime soon. Um, the other show that I gave it 20 minutes and I couldn't take anymore was Scream Queens. And it sounds like Scream Queens is having a hard time finding an audience. Probably because it's not very good. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I wasn't a very good... No, it was horrible. Uh, sorry. I just, I gave it, I, I made it 20 minutes and there's some people I have talked to that said they made it 10 and couldn't do any more. So the camp factor, if you take the campiest scene from American Horror Story, because keep in mind, this is the same guys that made that, that made um, Glee, that made um, Nip Tuck. Take the campiest, campiest scene that you can imagine from those. And there's been some pretty campy stuff happening in American Horror Story. And maximize it by 20 to 30 times. And you have Scream Queens. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I 
no, not my choice. Um, yeah, not, not, not on board with that. So, so far, um, the new shows on TV, I've not really been loving so much. Um, so, but we'll keep it, we'll keep it open. Um, I'm, I'm very looking forward to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like I said, Gotham's knocking it out of the park. And, uh, so far so good with that. Um, but yeah, Muppets, no. Scream Queens, no. Heroes Reborn, me, no. Um, but yeah, keep, uh, checking our YouTube page for, uh, video reviews, because there will be more. Um, and also be sure to read fangirlmag.com for more reviews, more news, and articles, and some interviews. Um, I will be, um, actually interviewing the cast members of, um, actually Barbara Crampton and the director of the awesome, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, um, and I hope I don't butcher his name, um, writer and director Ted Geogon, please don't hurt, hate me if I said your last name wrong, um, of We Are Still Here, which is a great ghost story that um, is coming out on Blu-ray next week, and you should totally check it out. Uh, it has Barbara Crampton, it has Lisa Marie, and it's a great throwback piece, beautifully shot, and very, very creepy in a lot of ways and uh, definitely check it out but we will be having them on uh, next week uh, in celebration of the release of the blu-ray so before we get any further be warned that there are graboids ahoy and here we go with our awesome interviews with the stars of Tremors 5 Bloodlines, Mr. Michael Gross and Mr. Jamie Kennedy. And wow, 25 years. And did you remember, do you remember, were you there back in the day when the Seafy channel was called Sci-Fi? There was a Tremors TV series and Michael Gross was in that too. He loves these worms, kids. He loves them. And uh, you really need to check out Tremors 5 Bloodlines when it hits on Blu-ray and DVD next week. And without further ado, here is Michael Gross and Jamie Kennedy. Hi, Michael. Hello, Jessica. Hi, how Hello. are you? How are you? I am well, thank you. Nice to hear your voice, and thanks so much for being a part of this. Oh, I appreciate it, and I absolutely love the movie. Uh, I I was uh, cackling the whole entire time and cheering you on, I have to say. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank um, you. I mean, that's that's um I, I much appreciate that since um your kind words because um you know this had been thirteen years since we made one of these things well and, and that that's um, one of the things I was going to ask you about um yeah well what my first question i because I have to ask was did you imagine twenty five years before after the first one that you would still be coming back to this franchise? did you think that it was going to be this big of a hit? <laughs> No, I don't think, you know, actors are like Burt Gummer, so paranoid <laughs> about ever working again um, that uh, you don't, you think, you, you think everything you do is a one-off. I mean, I thought, I thought Family Ties was going nowhere. You know, I just, I, you, you know.
know, you don't, you have no idea. And, and the important thing is network executives have no idea either. They just wait to see what the public does. You know, they, and sometimes they're terribly wrong. They think, oh, we've got a great hit. And, you know, it's, it's a crapshoot. So, um, no, I knew I was having fun. I knew we had something special and unique. But whoever, and, and, and particularly since it did not do well as a first-run feature. I think, among other things, Universal didn't know quite how to promote it. They promoted it as a straight horror film, and of course, uh, it's no more a straight horror film than uh, Naked Gun with Leslie Nielsen was a, a, a detective story, you know, a cop, a cop movie. So, um, uh, you know, it, it really found its feet, thank God, in the aftermarket uh, video market in the days of VHS. And um, so I'm, I'm thrilled and surprised. Absolutely surprised. So, um, and like you said, it's been 11 years or, or 13 years since you did a, a feature uh, with this within this world. What made you want to come back after after that kind of a hiatus? Well, um, I, I have been perfectly satisfied that we have done four, and I thought, well, this is a good place to stop, a nice little quartet. And um, I just assumed it was all dead and gone. Uh, and uh, uh, that was our that was our legacy. And uh, little unbeknownst to me, um, Patty Jackson, our executive producer on this film, um, had been fighting for another sequel for many many years. Um, I was attra- I became attracted to this because I love Bert, and because of the enthusiasm that that Patty Jackson had for this. She said, you know, we want you, we think this can happen, we think we can make it make it again. Um, I've been talking this, I've never let go of this project for all these years, talking to successive, uh, 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 successive groups of uh, uh, universal executives, and finally somebody said, oh, you know, I think I, think I got tired of her <laughs> bothering them. <laughs> And they face, oh, go make your movie, darn it, get out of my, get out of my office, you know. <laughs> and she, she got her way. I mean, that's the way I envisioned it. She just sort of wore them down. And um, so Patty was great. I mean, Patty was the Patty was the glue that sort of held this thing together. And um, came to me and said, um, we have this, we have a, um, a script that was written by um, Steve Wilson and Brent Maddock some years ago, after Tremors 4, uh, and um, we, we want to revise it. We, we, it needs some work, and we both agreed. I read the script, and it needed, it needed some help, so, you know, just some refreshing. And, uh, you know, they're wonderful writers. I mean, these are the guys who created this thing, <laughs> and I owe everything to Steve and Brent. What I found out subsequently was they were not attached to this project. Um, that was a that was a, a kind of body blow to me because I couldn't imagine going on without them. Of course, this happens all the time in Hollywood with sequels. The originators decide they're doing something else or they don't want to be a part of it or f- for whatever reason, and the sequel gets made. Um, but I was afraid without them. And um, so uh, because it essentially left Patty and myself as the... Uh, uh, the only survivors the originals. Of, this, uh, of this franchise. I've been in all, all four of the films, uh, but and so it was up to us to 
guide this process through and uh, create something new for this modern world and even some new viewers while keeping one foot in the Tremors franchise and saying we also have to be true to what we've created in the past. So we've got to... We became guardians, if you will, of the franchise uh, while trying to create something that was that was very new. So, and, and I have to I have to bring this up because you looked fabulous in this movie, and I, oh, that's very kind of you. I, I just have to say you, know, you you look great, and the uh, I'm I just have in the fact that Bert is an older gent, and they and they push that in the film. It's it's yes, exactly. Um, he keeps calling me off. Yeah, grabs, yeah. You know. <laughs> yes. How, Right. How how important was it for you to show that age doesn't matter in this? Because it really made me happy. Um, in in an older hero, you're playing in this like it, it, you kind of joined that uh, the group with Bert, Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger, where the older guys are kicking butt. <laughs> I know, you know. To be honest with you, to be honest with you, I never thought about that. You know, I I I I, I I always felt, you know, I mean, what people don't tell you when you're a kid is that older people frequently don't feel their age. They still feel like they're 16, you know, and they they can't imagine. So there's a part of me that can't imagine myself as old. <laughs> that's know, good. That's, that's Carrie, probably why you look Carrie, so good. <laughs> I can't imagine myself as actually having a Medicare card. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I don't think about it. I try to keep fit, you know. I yoga and stretches and uh, aerobic exercise and all that sort of thing. I'm not a big gym person, but I am an, a very active person. And uh, and so I just thought to myself, take care of yourself. You know, I'd exercise every day. So I wouldn't pull muscles and things like that. Well, that, that being said, I still <clears throat> had a sprain or two. You know, walk. You know, running over uneven ground. It's easy to get sprain. Um, I act, I broke a rib. Oh God! In a, in, a, in a fall, and sort of for for weeks had to you know sort of I adjusted my posture a little bit so it wouldn't hurt so much when I took a breath <laughs> because there's no cure for a broken rib, and we you know we it, it happened and you just have to keep filming. So, you know, it kind of hurt to breathe. <laughs> and, um, and and then I gashed open my leg on a rock at one point because <laughs> I wasn't wearing the proper... I should have been wearing shin guards, and I wasn't. And, um, you know, so there's all these little things. And the, so the, the medic kept saying... <laughs> the medic on the set kept saying, Oh, you again. <laughs> you know, uh, another, another bandage for Mr. Gross, please. <laughs> you know, and... But we just kept going. Well, and actually, I felt very fit. I felt very fit except for the accidents. In other words, I was, you know, in terms of the run, I was never out of breath. I was never, I was always up for, you know, I, 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 was, I, felt, fi- I felt feisty. And that's so, awesome. So, uh, so I felt fine. And, but I come from a long line of, uh, of fit men. My father and grandfather lived into their 90s. And, um, you know, I just, we, we kind of, and my dad was in great shape, I must say. Well, and uh, I, I have to say the cool thing about Bert, not only is, uh, you know, 
he's an older guy and he's kicking ass but the cool thing about him too is he's not your typical hero that he the, that char- character type is always considered kind of the crazy but you know what you're doing in these movies you're the expert right exactly <laughs> listen to listen to the insane man in the, listen to that see that man see that man in the straight jacket listen to him <laughs> and that's what makes it so awesome cuz he is he's the one that knows what you have to go talk to the crazy guy <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> but I, I have to say, I was, I was amazed by the amount of urine in this movie, and and, and this, <laughs> I was like, oh, there's more, there's more urine. But you know scene, something I had thought about that. There's quite a well, bit. How many, how many points, how many points of urine do you count? I'm just curious. I now, think there was at least where, three. Where I, where I drink my own, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yes. And the first time you see yes. Jamie Kennedy, he's peeing off the side of a cliff. Oh, you're right. He is peeing off. That's right. And um, the lion pees and on then you. The, the lion pees on me. <laughs> <laughs> Suffer for your art. <laughs> I have to say though, I was dying. The cage scene, you you nailed that. That was I was dying. I have to say. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> it was. That was ridiculous because I mean, you know, there's no way we could. That that lion was not CGI'd. Oh and, God! Uh, <laughs> that was, and so basically, I was stuck. You know, they created a huge perimeter fence in which this lion was roaming. You know, and the crew and every the staff was outside this perimeter fence for their own safety. You know, so it was like an eight foot perimeter fence, and they were shooting. Uh, cameras, long lenses, and things like that through uh, through the fence, through holes in the fence, because they had to protect themselves from the lion. Well, in the middle of this, let's say 50, maybe 50, 80 foot perimeter, they plop a cage with bird covers. <laughs> and so the lion was free to roam around my cage, but could not get any further. You know, So they um, plop me in a cage with... Uh, uh, buckets of sunblock, you know, because I was, you know, basically in my underwear. And uh, buckets of sunblock and uh, some water and, you know, the few props I had in there. And they said, let's just see what we get. And uh, so, you know, obviously went from, you know, there was a certain amount of texted material, a certain amount of improvisation, and we just sort of kept going and see what we could get. And, um, uh, they actually, I should, I should say, they threw fresh meat in there with me too, oh, because we had to keep. We wanted to attract the lion to me, so uh, hidden in the cage amongst the water and the sunblock and things like that was uh, uh, fresh meat for the lion. <laughs> so every time the lion would lose interest in me, they'd say, "Come on, put some more meat on the ca- on the bars of the cage," and so. I had to make sure the lion took the meat without taking the hand that was feeding him the meat. <laughs> and wow. uh, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, that was a that was a full-on uh, African male lion. That was um, yeah. I mean, they're never entirely tame. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a beast. You know, it, it lived on this preserve, so it was it had had some human contact, but was by no means a kitty cat. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. Well, that kind of leads into my next question, which was, what was it like filming in South Africa? Because this is, uh, 
I know you you have filmed one of these out of the country before, I think in Argentina, but South Africa, that's like a harsh, harsh climate. Um, you know, it's not uh, it's not so bad. It was actually on, uh, very much like uh, Southern California, and huh? we filmed in their their spring, so temperatures were not too god awful bad. Um, uh, I found it really quite quite lovely. Um, I had and, and for your information, uh, we had not. Uh, there was something that stood in for Argentina, but that was Southern California that oh, stood okay. in for Argentina. <laughs> And and so was Mexico. That is to say, um, tremors, um, tremors two. Uh, uh, we've always done these in Southern California, so this was our furthest foray yeah. from from home base. And um, I thought it was a wonderful choice because the just the ethnography, the culture, the color. Um, uh, was was marvelous. Uh, the the large animals which happened to roam through the frame here and there, aside from you know the animal the monsters, uh, the people were great. Um, all aside from Jamie Kennedy and myself, um, everybody was cast from South Africa. Some marvelous talent. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so I couldn't have been I couldn't have been thrilled. I think it, it, in a certain way it's our most exciting one because it embraces. An entirely different culture in a way that we haven't seen before. Nice. Well, and I um, I wanted to ask you about working with Jamie Kennedy um, because uh, no spoilers here, but you two um, have a connection, and right, I was right. curious to see how because I don't know if you've ever worked with him before. How how did it how did that go building that connection with Jamie Kennedy and and working with him on this film? Right, we had. Um, uh, Jamie and I, which is, which is actually kind of interesting, Jamie and I work in very different ways. Uh, not to say completely different. I mean, um, but he is a, he's, his his roots are stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. Mine are mine is the stage where you rehearse for weeks and then you 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 you, you kind of hone it down and then uh, and then do your thing. But you know, Jamie likes to just like hey, let's just get up here and see what happens. And I, in in the playing of Bert, more the type that says, "No, let's plan." <laughs> you know, that's, that's very very Bert, right? Exactly. Very obsessive, comp- no very surprises. Obsessive, <laughs> and when, when I'm Bert, it's like, okay, no, no, I want to know what's happening here and where where I'm standing for the camera. Uh, get a get a get a nice overview. Not plan every complete second, but at least you know know where I'm at. And Jamie's. So it was an interesting blend of uh, of Jamie saying, "Well, why why don't we just you know go for it?" and me saying, "No, let's plan for it." And it, I think it works very well because ultimately, um, you know, we we his character was that basically like you know let's just eat, yeah let's just kind of hang out. And yeah, you basically out, just out. yeah you explained their whole relationship just now. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and I think that's kind of I think that's kind of fun, and I think it worked for the um, for the conflict and the, and and the chemistry, and that uh, I mean Jamie and I approach the work very differently. Uh, uh, not to say one is better than the other, but it's just the way we work, and so I think that uh, that chemistry shows on screen too. He's just like Jamie's out there, and Bert is like he's there's a rigidity about Bert, you know. <laughs> just, that's a good word. <laughs> <laughs> or for better or worse, and a, and a, and a 
and obsessive compulsivity. Uh, he's definitely, you know, this man that definitely needs Prozac. Um, and, um, but you know, he's, he's, he's OCD and, and Jamie's a lot looser. And so I, uh, I think it was fun. It was fun because it pretty much informs, uh, the, uh, the chemistry on the screen. It's a, it's awesome. So um, I know I, I I've kept you for a while, but I got a couple more. I got a couple fan no, questions. No, no, not a problem. But I got sure. a couple fan questions, but I also wanted to ask you, where would you like to see Travis and Bert go? Would you like to see a Travis and Bert return to the screen, maybe chasing Bigfoot or something? Well, um, uh, I I um, I would. I don't know what they're chasing, but I like the idea of the um, of the relationship continuing because um, this is not a relationship made in heaven. Uh-uh. Bert, uh, Bert is uh, Bert is ex- is extremely he's a loner. He wants to be left alone. He not only has his armaments, but he has his own personal, I think, emotional armor. Um, uh, he doesn't let people in. And and uh, uh, I think he feels vulnerable, uh, and therefore it was important to me. You know, the, 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 you know, I worked hard to with the director and and Patty to rewrite the final scene, which was you know the final scene was like, well, we ought to get to know each other, and there's a lot of water, water over the dam, and you know, you and I haven't seen each other for years, and. Uh, it's about time, you know, we got to know each other. And I said, and I, I fought that kind of acceptance from Bert in the entire film because I said, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't want a son. He doesn't want anybody. And this is not good news to Bert. Um, uh, Bert's prying open Bert's emotions is like trying to extract a tooth from somebody else without, without an anesthetic. You know, he doesn't want to go there, and he doesn't want to deal with this. Um, and uh, so I said, I must resist this thing. And it was, it was my idea, for example, when, when, when we're sitting in that huge truck, which for the record is called a buffel, B-U-F-F-E-L, um, made for the South African Army years ago, South African border troops, um, when they were fighting border wars, um, when he tells me he's my son, it was my idea to say, I, I just want to leave the vehicle. I did. I jumped out and started walking away. Uh, I didn't want to hear this. I didn't want to know it. I, uh, I just, it, it was not part of Bert's plan. It was not part of Bert's paradigm to have a son, to have anyone. And so, um, uh, you know, I said, this is, he's coming to this only with reluctance, and we can't make him... Um, we can't make him at all sentimental. And so finally in that, in that last scene where um, I don't say, well, in so many words I say, come with me, I want you with me. But I, I, don't, I can't say, Bert can't say that directly. He says, you know, uh, at the end, wait a minute, you know, you promised to fix me. You promised to uh, help me with the social media crap and all this stuff. And uh, so you're not walking away that easily. You know, it's his, Bert's way of stopping him, but he's not going to say, I want to explore this further. He's going to say, damn it, you owe me something, you know. So um, I think that kind of rela- relationship, it's like Bert doesn't know what he's in for. So in, if there's a sequel to this, and of course we've left the door wide open for one, 
should fans like this enough? If there's a sequel, um, I think it's going to be a very uneasy relationship. Uh, I was I was thinking about it the other day. How do these two people? What is it like for them to be together? You know, uh, I see them as you know extremely different. Does Does Bert take him home to the compound but make him sleep in a tent outside the main? You know, <laughs> just and you know he has to earn his way in. And after he earns his way in, does Bert, you know, draw uh, draw a line or spread a piece of caution tape across the middle of the the compound and say, that's your side and this is my side. You know, I mean, you know, because I think they're the odd couple. You know, and so whatever adventures they go through, there's got to be conflict because they see the world in such totally different ways. And, 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 and the Jamie character, Jamie Kennedy character is... Um, He's about as opposite complete, as you can get, yeah. About as opposite as you can get and, and, and always a reminder that one, he lost the love of his life. Uh, you know that uh, he's 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 a failure at at making human connections. You know, and who wants to live with that in your face all the time? Right. Yeah. And he, he's you, a living, and... breathing failure of the fact that I've never had a strong human connection with anyone since my wife uh, uh, since Heather left me. You know, so um, people hate those reminders. It's like he's. You know, throwing his very presence is throwing it in Bert's face. Exactly. Oh my God, I I, I really want to see a, a sequel where you have to confront either Heather comes back or or the uh, his mother comes back, and you have yeah, to deal right. with that because that would be even more traumatizing for Bert. Yeah, yeah. Bert is not at all comfortable with this. He's comfortable with with technology. And he's made himself comfortable with technology. He's, com- he's almost far more comfortable with um, with the monsters. You know, he he that's the world in which he lives. Other people, he, he, he's not. He no. no it, it's not simple with the it's simple with the monsters, but with other people, it gets complicated. Oh, don't you know that in life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It's very simple. Uh, Monsters yeah. are going to try and kill you. That's it. That's that's all they want. Right, right, <laughs> right. And you can deal with them by technical means. And uh, <laughs> but people are far more people are complicated. Exactly. And so, um, uh, yeah, I, I think this was a very interesting take because, in some senses, of all the films they've done so far, this was the one that challenged, ultimately challenges Bert the most. Because there are always challenges for him, but they're kind of technical challenges, um, and uh, you know. Um, but this is an emotional challenge, which for him is like it's the biggest mountain to climb you could give this man. The worst. Well, yeah. I want I, I I have a three fan questions that kind of combine the two things that you are most known for, which is of course family ties and and trimmers. Which of course I, I this seemed to be a theme with when I asked. Fans out there, do you have a question that I can ask um, Mr. Michael Gross? And the first one was um, from a, a gentleman by the name of Tim Burns. How long would Stephen Keaton last in Tremors? Oh, brother! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. I, I, I know. <laughs> he'd probably be victim number one because he'd he'd be, he'd be trying to attempt an animal rescue. You know, it's like. No, no, we can, we can, we can, let's do catch and release, you know? <laughs> and, that doesn't uh, work. I don't, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, this is, it's the wrong place for, uh, you know, for for sympathy to animals. <laughs> so I think he he probably be vic- meal number one. <laughs> I, I was kind of like, yeah, I kind of figured that would be the the route that would take. <laughs> um, so Jerry Roth. Uh, kind of in that same vein, was it hard to jump from a, a series like fa- and a character like the one you had in Family Ties to a movie like Tremors? Uh, no, in fact, it was. I mean, really, that's what actors do. And uh, every year, um, every year I was doing Family Ties, I was always doing other projects, uh, movies of the week, stage work, uh, things like that that were in some cases, vastly different characters from the ones I was playing on Family Ties. Some of them thoroughly heinous characters. I mean, just <laughs> dreadful human beings. Um, and so uh, that was easy. It's like it's like taking off one coat and putting on another. Particularly since, you know, when I was doing... I, yeah, I, I was also ready for a change. Um, I love doing Family Ties and still adore it and adore the fact that, you know, we... Yeah, part of sitcom history, and we yeah. still keep, I still keep in close touch with the, the entire cast. But um, uh, I thrive on variety, and um, and the other thing was for seven years on Family Ties, uh, I was the one who wanted to have the great adventures, but the mothers and, the mothers and fathers of the sitcom world ultimately have to be the foundation upon which that family rests. And the kids were the ones who would go off and have the adventures. And they'd come home to mom and dad, and we'd say, you know, we'd bring them back down to earth again. Um, in Tremors, I got to have the adventures. And so that was, a, that's, you know, what more could I ask for? And um, the, the writers of Tremors, um, dear Steve Wilson, S.S. Wilson, and Brent Maddock, fell in love with the character of Bert Gummer, in the same way that the writers on Family Ties fell in love with the character of Alex. Um, and nothing is better for an actor when the writers and the creators decide that your character is the one they love the most. Um, because it's just fun to write for him, because he's so nutty and crazy. <laughs> same for Alex on Family Ties, and the same for Bert. It happened to, it happened to me the same way it did for Michael J. Fox. Somebody fell in Writers fell in love with the character they had created, and then uh, that, that was just that's just that's just a blessing, that's because they kept writing to him and his his nuttiness, and uh, and uh, although they were not a part of this uh, this particular project, nothing would please me more than to have them a part of uh, uh, the next Tremors, if that were possible. I'm I'm not sure what entirely went on between themselves and Universal that they decided not to be a part of this. But I, I would welcome them at any moment because I feel very safe in their hands. Having said that, I think Patty Jackson did an extraordinary job. And at the same time as I was playing Bert, I would go home every night and along with learning lines for the next day and, or refreshing lines for the next day. I usually learn them well in advance. Um, we were troubleshooting. You know, we were we were watching the franchise. We were um, gar- felt we were guardians of the franchise. This this was the first time we had a director who was not also a writer of the piece, 
And then so we'd have to tell the director, I think did a marvelous job, well, we can't do this. Tremors doesn't do this, or Tremors does do this, and we this is the emphasis we have to put here. Or, you know, we have to we had to keep saying to somebody who is new to the franchise, this is this is what it requires. Nobody does that better than the Brent and Steve. Uh, so, but so Patty and I had to step up to the plate, and I think Patty was pretty marvelous. Um, you know, she we we wanted to do something that was new because it had been 13 years for people who had never seen it before. Uh, but we, we had to have one foot in the in the franchise and, and the legacy we had created up until now. Awesome. That was a long-winded answer, wasn't it? it would, no, but it I was forgot. great. I, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was actually asking how it was to uh, to jump from Family Ties to this, but it's it's actually really awesome to hear the the history behind, between that and and hearing that part of an actor you know explain no this is what I do and I think well, some right. people forget and, that right and it was it was also something that I came to with a great amount of gusto because after seven years of family ties after this was my Breaking Bad as Brian you know Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, Breaking Bad. This, in a sense, this was mine. Not as, you know, not as immediately popular because Tremors took a long time to be found by a lot of people. It really wasn't found until the aftermarket videos. But, um, uh, but after seven years on a series, you have to ask yourself, gee, will I work again? Will people only accept me as Stephen Keaton? Will there be work? And what kind of characters will it be? Well, Tremors answered that question immediately. Not only would there be work, but they it would be work offered for a vastly different character. Um, so I was thrilled and approached it with a kind of gusto because I said, this is, this is the answer to my prayers. It's so vastly different and right on the heels of the family ties. So what a blessing it was. Amazing. That's awesome. So one more question, um, and this is from Meggie Blaine, who is a huge fan. She was wanting to know if you would be doing any convention appearances soon. Uh, not right away. Not certainly not not um, uh, not in, not not this year. Um, so I, ha- I have no plans immediately, just be- just because things have gotten busy. But I think there's 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 a convention actually in. Chicago that I'm, I've, I may very well attend in, uh, I think it's September 2016. And that is something called Rewind Con. Ooh. And Rewind has to do with um, um, former TV shows. Okay, Rewind, get it? <laughs> uh, we're looking looking at the past. So, so this would be mostly concentrated on family ties. It's possible that Meredith Baxter will be there with me. Oh. But it's uh, September 23rd to 25th, 2016 in Chicago. Uh, and um, I, th- 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 it's, it's highly likely, if I don't have other work, that I will be there. And there will be panel discussions. And it's, as I say, it's possible that... Uh, um, it's possible that Meredith may be there or other family ties members. So, um, so that, that's, that's something that's, that, that very much could happen. That's the only thing in the plan right now, because I'm just keeping 
you know, busy with other things. You might be interested to know, and if, and I'd appreciate this if you um, if you want to create a link or something. I actually have a, a fan page on on Facebook. I don't have a website. That was just too much trouble. But Facebook is relatively easy, and uh, it's simply actor Michael Gross. So it's Facebook.com/slash actor Michael Gross. Um, and uh, I just posted uh, I just posted some pictures of the monsters there this morning. So if you want to reference that, please feel free to take any photos off the page you would like. Awesome, thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're, they're public, so um, anything I publish there is uh, to be disseminated and um, with my blessing. And uh, I, I think I posted something yesterday. I also posted some pictures of the, some of the tentacles. This morning. Um, <laughs> did you, ever, th- did you ever think that you'd be saying something like, "I posted pictures of the tentacles"? This pictures morning. of the tentacles. Not only that, what if I brought the one I picked, the one I posted this morning was a picture of me bringing a tentacle into a, a meeting with the uh, Yahoo.com. They did Yahoo Film, and so, so I posted one this morning, and there's like this guy's like backing off, going, "Whoa, what the, what the hell is that?" Nice. <laughs> so I'm sitting on a I'm sitting on a sofa with a with a with a tentacle. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, that's a lot of fun because well, uh, when it opens, particularly when the when the piece is available after the premiere, I'm going to be posting a lot of behind the scenes stuff, awesome. and uh, you know, uh, I think stuff that will really intrigue viewers and stuff that's available nowhere else because I just carried a carried a, an iPad around with me the whole time and took a lot of video and uh, talked to other actors and um, showed a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, which is, how, how did we do this, you know, which is kind of fun. Oh, I love that. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Good. How are you, Jessica? Doing great. Thank you so much. Um, and I know I don't have you for very long, so if you're ready, I'll just hop into questions. Let's do it. Perfect. Um, so first of all, like, what led you to joining the, the Tremors franchise? Um, what got you into this film? Uh, I read the script, and obviously I'm familiar with the genre and the, um, the, the movie, and I just thought, wow, this is like a, a new beginning. They haven't had a movie in 14 years, and it was a great part, and Michael was going to be the star of it, and I thought, wow. It could be cool. Like, could reinvent it and start it up again. So, kind of excited. So, um, it kind of sounds like you were a fan of the franchise before. Um, were you? Uh, were you? In fact, have you watched all of them? Did you see the TV series? Uh, I only saw the first two. Okay. Um, and I don't. I don't watch any more because. As when I after I got the part, I just watched them as a nor- as a fan, and then I didn't watch any more because I didn't want it to influence my thing of what the movie was. And you know, from what I can tell, I think the movie is different than the other ones. You know, um, and uh, it's kind of like its own thing, and it's pretty actiony. Um, so I was excited to be a part of it because I just know that it has such a long-standing history. It's a surprisingly long history for that franchise. I, I, I mean, it it started out like a one shot of a film, and then it kept going, which was sort of kept alive by the VHS movement. I think. Yeah, totally. It's like everything that you know comes on, and then it it goes longer, that it finds a new life, and 
It really is just it's just something that I've done a few conventions, you know, for Scream and stuff, and Tremors is as big as anything there. Oh, yeah. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you about, because I, I've seen the movie and I absolutely loved it, and you and Michael, like, you you made the movie. Ooh. The two of you just were great together. Um, so I'm curious, because you have such a great history of improv and comedy. On the set, uh, did you do any any kind of improvisation that kept got kept in the film? Because I love I, I noticed you did like a little nod to Die Hard in there, if that if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> the not the Die Hard is uh, that was actually written. Um, <laughs> our director wrote that. He had some good lines. Um, but yeah, I, I improved a lot, and uh, I think some of our funnest stuff is the stuff that we kind of you know added on at the end of the scene. You know. Um, um, I, I did stuff on the rocks with me and him. We improved, added a little bit more um, stuff with me and uh, my love interest. Improved a little bit, so they were really cool. I mean, you know, as long as we kept the story going and the, and and with the script I had, then they would let us do a take or two and and try different things. And that's one of the reasons I really wanted to do it. They were really pretty open minded about it. Awesome. So I know Michael, because I, I interviewed him uh, a couple of days ago, and he talked about some of the challenges and some of the awesome parts of filming in South Africa. The one that stood out for him was the lion scene. And I was curious to see your reaction about working with a real lion and him being trapped in a in a cage with meat being thrown in to keep the lion um, interested. Um, what other kind of things did you have to deal with um, in terms of challenges of filming there? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he did that. I wasn't even there that day, but I know that that's a huge lion and it's world famous. And he was very brave with it. Um, I mean, I was paranoid when they were working with just like these, elephants the elephants would just kind of come around and put its trunk against you and it could easily just wrap you up and they said the elephant can toss you and i was like this trunk would come near me and i'm like okay you can't really just touch the baby because then the mother gets mad so you have to let the baby do what it wants and then you just don't whatever the baby wants to do you gotta let it do so you don't piss the mom off and so i thought okay and and and, uh the animals were cool, though. I mean, once we got through that, I thought, like, okay, well, if the elephant throws me, he's not going to throw me that far, and there was nothing, like, really around. I thought, okay, I could probably just go in that bush. I was literally thinking like that. And then, but the scariest moment was me. We drove that thing called the Buffalo, and I messed up on it one day, and uh, I went off the road a little bit, and this thing just kept driving, <laughs> and I hit a rock, oh. and it bounced. And I was like, oh, man. I did, it, it, but it absorbed the rock because it's huge tires. Mm-hmm. But I thought, boy, this thing, if this thing, I just, I, that scaring, driving that thing was the scariest thing I've ever done in the history of my career. And I was like, that was, that was more scary than any animal of all time. Wow. So what was your favorite part oh, of, man. what was your favorite part of filming there? Because it's a beautiful country and, and there's so many, like, unique parts to it. Oh man, we I, I wish we had more time to explore. We were working so much we didn't, but I think like I think what I liked a lot about it was that they really threw me in. They didn't care. Like they they looked at my me as, you know, they just let me be my own uh 
you know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in a way. Like, I had gun training, you know, I rode a motorcycle, I drove the buffalo, I worked with the animals, um, I was using flares. I mean, we they didn't really have, they were like, they wanted to keep it real, so I had to do all the stunts. I was underwater, there's a whole underwater scene that got cut. I scuba dived. I did, I did probably eight different hardcore action things. Wow. Yeah, this is uh, probably one of the more because I in your history, your film history, this is probably one of the more actiony kind of films that you've done. Probably the most. It was definitely one of the hardest, top two, top three hardest things I've ever done in the film. Like it was very, very physically demanding. The bridge, I got pulled up on this thing. There was a ton of. There was so much action. I was like, wow. But. Uh, and we did it. We pulled it off, but it was a little scary at times. That's amazing. Yeah, I was telling Michael that I was totally happy with the fact that you've got an older guy out there just kicking ass in a movie like this. It's kind of unique anymore. Um, cause he, he was really in, he's really in shape. He totally he is. Can kick ass. I can, he's I, really in shape, and he's strong. He, he and and he improvised like we were talking about the improvisation. I, I he improvised a lot of the scenes of the the box stuff when he was in the cage, and I thought that was just freaking hilarious. I uh, yeah, he made a lot of that stuff up. <laughs> he's good at that. I mentioned there's a lot of urine in this movie, and he didn't realize. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I get peed on. I drank my pee, and the first time you see Jamie, he's peeing." And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> It's a theme. <laughs> I think the movie has more action than a lot of the Tremors. I'm not, if I'm not wrong, but there's a lot of action in it. Am I wrong? I, it, there is a lot of action. Like there's a lot of gunplay in it, and just running and and scenes. Um, Helicopters. Yeah, I, I was impressed. I thought it was you know for uh, the the fifth film in a franchise like this that that's a lot of stuff going on, and uh, it's pretty yeah. impressive. Um, I so, think they gave it back. They gave it to the fans. Hopefully. They totally did. And and Michael said that he that was really important for him as as the continuing uh, character in all of these films. Is that being the case? They wanted to keep it true to the 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 fun aspect in the in the films before. And I think that's awesome. And one thing I wanted to ask you about is the future of Bert and Travis. Because I, I would love to see you guys just go after, like, say, Bigfoot or any of these other mythological character, uh, you know, creatures out there. Where would you like to see them go? What would you like to see them go hunt down? <laughs> Am I allowed to say? Because I, I, I don't want to give away some of the twists in the movie. But um, if we were to team up, I think they could take down a lot of things, right? I mean, you could go, like you just said, Bigfoot. I was thinking you could go after the Loch Ness Monster. You, you could go after, you know, I mean, there's it's really unlimited, right? Oh, totally. About what kind of things are there. and I think in the movie, I don't know, the way they describe the ass blasters and the graboids and the stuff, because I didn't know enough about this stuff, this stuff, like I saw the movies, but it was a while ago. They really kind of break it down and kind of kind of believe that it could happen, right? Am I crazy? I, didn't believe that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can see how a bird does that and it shoots out fire. Because there is a there is a, some type of animal that does fart flames. <laughs> there is an animal that actually does that. I read it. That's terrifying, if true. <laughs> there it is. You have to look it up. There's an animal that, 
or it has gas. So if like if it hit, you could hit, if you have a flame. I don't know. I I think it probably is in Australia because it seems like everything that wants to kill you lives there. Animals. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I think there's a lot. I think they could go on a lot of adventures together. And yeah. I like the montage of how we use monster hunters and stuff. And people love that stuff. Cryptozoology. Yes. That's stuff that they could do. That would be great. So one question, and I actually have a couple of fan questions for you, because uh, when I told everybody, I'm interviewing Jamie Kennedy, and of course I got hit with a lot of, can you ask this? So I'll ask a couple of them. But one thing I wanted to ask you um, was you've worked with some of the great horror directors like Wes Craven and Toby Hooper. Were you a lover mm-hmm. of the genre before you started acting, or do you, you know, like, did you grow to be a, a genre fan? Because you've done a lot of great work in, in both sci-fi and horror now. You know, I have to say, I I wasn't. I mean, uh, I wasn't like a horror nut or anything like that. No, I, I wasn't. I wasn't even really a movie nut. I was more like a TV guy. I loved TV, and I was always raised on watching TV. And But yeah, I remember one of the first videos I ever saw when we got a VCR was Nightmare on Elm Street. And uh, I was just blown away by that. And then uh, I didn't see Texas Chainsaw until later on. And um, then I was like, well, that's beyond. That was even crazier to me. Because like, I could see how Nightmare was a great movie. And it was a movie, but Texas felt so real. It was so scary. Um, and then after I got to meet the guys and I started delving into their work and then Actually, it's not true. I watched Rosemary's Baby. I watched The Exorcist. I watched Halloween. I did watch a lot of horror movies, but I wasn't like putting the posters on my wall. But I know that they were some of the best movies. Like Halloween is just one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's just a great movie. So I appreciate the ability to tell a story. And I remember when we were doing the mix, there was a moment, and I didn't. And I was like, Wes is like, Hey, look, this is not scary right now, right? And I'm like, Yeah. And then he added a cue, a music cue, and it was like, and I was like, wow. And he's like, that's how we're going to scare him. So he would do all these little tricks. And I thought, that's why he is who he is. Exactly. And one of the fan questions from Chris Tansky was um, he wanted to know how it was to work with Wes Craven, um, you know, because he passed away and we're all thinking about him now. Well, he was just a great guy. He was a very generous guy. He was a very gentleman um i know he makes violent wild movies but he's not like that at all he's a very smart uh quiet reserved man and um you know if it weren't for him i wouldn't be talking on the phone with you he, he gave me a break in a very big movie and when i didn't really have any credits and there was a lot of people that were like not sure if i was the right guy and he put his foot down and i owe him my career you know to to this day if it wasn't for him I wouldn't you know got the momentum to do all the other things I've done so amazing I owe him my career um, so Tim Burns wanted to know if you were going to be doing any more spoken word videos because he really really loved yours spoken word yes <laughs> spoken word. he calls it spoken word I don't word. think I've done a spoken word video there is another Jamie Kennedy. I think he's confusing me. There's another Jamie Kennedy that does spoken word. I gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I was thinking he was yeah. thinking about your stand-up, but but um, yeah. are you going to be doing any more stand-up, like, coming up? I am. I'm actually doing, uh, I was on tour this summer, and I'm doing San Diego this weekend, and then 
I'll probably be done soon. I'm going to put a special out sometime in 2016. So awesome! Uh, look forward for that. Awesome. So um, one more question for you, one more fan question from Joel Volman. And I actually was there at Harham Weekend when you were talking about this, too. Um, he was wondering what ever happened with the Granny movie. You know what? I, I got to tell you, um, you should, if you can help me get it made, I gave it to Universal. I want them to make it. I want to make it. I think it's a great movie, and um, it's just sitting there on my desk. And we did that little thing, and um, we we're, we're, we want to raise the money. So I don't know. If you can spread the word and see if people like it and show the fan, I think it can build it. But I liked it. Did you like the short? I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was great, well, and, and so did I everyone there. <laughs> <laughs> we can have support. I think we can make it, and it could be really good. So hopefully someone's going to make it soon. Awesome. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us here, and, and I love this movie. I, I hope that we get more of you and Bert together in in this franchise and get your own, like, ass-kicking, chasing Bigfoot around and God knows where. I think it would be amazing to see. It was so much fun to see it. I'm glad you liked it. I, I didn't know people saw it. I hope the fans really like it, too. I'm, I, I'm I think they will. I, I think they will. Thank you so much.